0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.
1: Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Thursday, November 10th. Who will represent the 49th District in the House is still up in the air. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Election results continue to roll in. The next release of unofficial results will be posted by 5 p.m. today. The Registrar of Voters said it could be one to two weeks before we have results in some of the tighter races. Final results will be in by December 8th. You can find the latest numbers at kpbs.org voterhub. Governor Gavin Newsom opposed Proposition 30, but the Democratic Party supported it and now the prop has failed at the ballot box. The measure would have increased taxes for people who earn over $2 million a year. It would have used that money to pay for programs that would reduce air pollution and prevent wildfires. Opponents said the state shouldn't pass budget policy at the ballot box and should avoid tax increases during a period of record high inflation. Patricia Guerrero will be the next Chief Justice for the State Supreme Court. After being nominated by the governor, she had to be confirmed by voters and got 70% of the vote. She'll be the first Latina Chief Justice for the state. She's from the Imperial Valley and served four years as a local court judge in San Diego County before she was appointed to the State Appeals Court. She is currently an Associate Justice on the state's Supreme Court. She will take over as Chief Justice in January. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.
1: Election Day may be over, but a number of key races across the country are still too close to call. California's 49th district is one of them. Incumbent Democrat Mike Levin is leading with 51% of the vote against Republican challenger Brian Marriott, who has 49%. That Kalzer is a political science professor and co-director of the Yankalovitch Center at UCSD. He shared his election takeaways with KPBS Midday Edition co-host Jade Heidman.
2: Is this election shaking out the way you thought it would? First, let's remember, there are districts all across California, the 49th Congressional is one of them, that are just too close to call right now. Republicans seem likely to take back the House to to deliver the speakership to Kevin McCarthy. But how many Republicans from California will he bring back with him on those flights to Washington, D.C.? That remains to be seen. You know, we're hearing a lot of red ripple talk. What are some of your takeaways from this election? Americans' party loyalties have somewhat insulated the Democratic Party in in this particular election from some of the fluctuations that you see based on what people think of the president, what people think of the economy. And that is making it uh, less likely that any of those voters abandon the Democratic Party. That said, are there any races across the country that you're keeping an eye on? Yeah, so we're going to be looking really closely at Georgia that seems to be headed for yet another uh, runoff in December that may determine which party controls Congress. One of the things I've been keeping close eye on is where those Donald Trump back candidates are and, and, and how they're doing. the the candidates that Donald Trump was really backing have performed poorly. Some of the candidates who took strong stands saying that the 2020 election was stolen have performed poorly. Uh, And other Republicans who've been a bit outside of the Donald Trump orbit, like like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, have performed extremely well, carrying uh, Florida by about the same margin that it looks like Gavin Newsom will carry California by. Getting to the 49th, Congressman Mike Levin, originally led by a wide margin, but Marriott saw a jump in the polls in recent weeks. What was behind that? Yeah, I think you saw this whole election shift more closely to the Republicans' favor over the last month as as gas prices rose again, but especially in California, and and Republicans were able to to spend a lot of money. So if spending was got to, got to be relatively even, and and the fact that Joe Biden visited last week was a sign that just how fragile uh, this district is, and just how much Democrats want to protect incumbents like Mike Levin, who who were part of that blue wave in 2018 and trying to survive this red wave. What were some of the biggest issues that separate these candidates for voters? Uh, for for Brian Marriott, he was talking about jobs, gas prices, uh, and everything that seems to be going wrong in America. Whereas Mike Levin was talking about Abortion rights, uh, gun control. And he was putting that front center as Democrats were doing across the country. He was touting his environmental credentials, which are near and dear to his heart and his career. But also he was talking about the issues on which he can build bridges with Republicans, including his strong support of veterans and in his opposition to the San Onofre. All of those are issues that if he survives, he can credit his ability to appeal to Republicans and independents in Orange County to uh, reaching across the aisle with issues like those. Do you have any sense of how many election deniers won their races across the country and what the implications of that are? This was a good night for people who wanted to preserve democracy in America, Brian Kemp, the uh, the Republican governor of Georgia, who wouldn't who refuse to, to find those 11,000 votes uh, for, for Donald Trump, who, who defended Georgia's elections, he had a good night won by a large margin. Um, and some of the election denier candidates who were most vocal lost their races. But there are candidates who have cast out on the 2020 election results who have been elevated to Secretary of State positions and to other important positions and elections. And so the controversy, over uh, over vote fraud and trust in elections shouldn't exist based on how free and fair elections are and how many legal processes we have to challenge them. But that controversy likely will not go away as we move into 2024.
1: That was UCSD political science professor, Thad Kalser, speaking with KPBS's Jade Heidman. Voters overwhelmingly approved Proposition 28. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez tells us the state will now lead the nation in funding for the arts in every classroom. The approval of Prop 28 guarantees as much as a billion dollars from the state budget
2: every school year for arts education without raising taxes. Starting next fall, That means six million students will have access to music, theater, dance, or painting. Russ Sperling is Director of Visual and Performing Arts in San Diego Unified. He is a veteran arts administrator who estimates his district will get an additional $15 million every year.
0: From a district office or a state perspective, we're not saying you have to offer this class. We're saying to the principals and the communities, what arts do you want to see at your your school?
2: In other words, the new state funding for all the arts and music programs will be tailored to the specific needs of a school, and that money cannot be spent on anything else. M.G. Perez, KPBS News.
1: Under Sheriff Kelly Martinez is leading former prosecutor John Hammerling to be the county's next sheriff. Here's KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado.
3: San Diego County Under Sheriff Kelly Martinez was feeling good the morning after the election. She was leading former county prosecutor John Hemmerling by a 14 point margin in the race for sheriff.
0: We still need to wait for the final results, but it was really exciting to have this much of a lead. And- You know, we've worked so hard and I've had so much terrific support.
3: And one of her biggest supporters is San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria. He celebrated Martinez on social media for being the first female sheriff in San Diego County's history. Even though the vote count is not complete, she's already accomplished many firsts in the department's 172-year history, including being the first female undersheriff.
0: It's exciting, and it's exciting for all of the women who've come before me and all of the women who will come after me.
3: And the advice she would give her 21-year-old self just starting out in the academy is the same she would give all young women. Just believe in yourself. You're going to do great. On Thursday, the county registrar of voters will provide another official update of the vote count. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News.
1: A measure that would let the county tax cannabis businesses in its unincorporated areas is still ahead in the vote count. 57% of residents so far are supporting Measure A. Altco in El Cajon's unincorporated area would pay this tax if the measure passes. CEO Lincoln Fish says he doesn't think it will have a huge impact. He says it's the state's excise tax that hurts.
0: It's sort of the collective value of all the taxes together that hurt us. And again, most of us in the industry don't really mind as long as it's a level playing field and they use some of those funds to shut down operations that shouldn't be in business. And, you know, there's just not enough of that going on.
1: Fish says no one wants more taxes, but he's hopeful that supervisors will stick to their word and do more to curtail illegal operators. Measure A could generate anywhere from two to five million per year. Measure B, a vote on the future of trash collection in the city of San Diego is a tight race, nearly neck and neck. KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer says the ballot measure would update the People's Ordinance.
2: Single-family homeowners in the city of San Diego haven't paid additional fees for trash pickup in over 100 years thanks to a law called the People's Ordinance. Meanwhile, multifamily complexes and businesses have to hire private waste haulers. Right now, homeowner service is paid out of the city's general fund. And City Council President Lo Rivera says if Measure B doesn't pass, other public services
0: may suffer. Um, it will just mean that the job of the city will be more difficult when it comes to delivering the basic services, which means it will be even more challenging to do anything beyond that. With over 210,000 votes now counted
2: for the measure, no one Measure B is leading by just less than one percentage point. If that
0: result holds, that means the current system would stay in place. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News.
1: Another tight race is Measure C, which would carve out the Midway District from the city of San Diego's 30-foot coastal height limit. Early results suggest the outcome won't be clear for several days. That's in contrast to 2020, when voters overwhelmingly approved an identical ballot measure before that one got tied up in a lawsuit. Decay on Yiwo, chairs the Midway planning group.
0: I think that the city is under immense pressure to do everything in its power to address the housing and housing affordability crisis that we have, right? Um, so I, I don't think, yeah, the conversation around redeveloping in Reno or redeveloping in Midway is ever going away.
1: If Measure C fails, the city does have a backup plan. It's appealing the lawsuit that blocked the 2020 ballot measure. That legal process could take years before getting resolved. For some voters in our area's most diverse neighborhoods, language was a barrier to voting. I source reporter Sofia Mejias-Pasco explains.
3: Tens of thousands of San Diegans prefer to vote in a language other than English. But that isn't always easy here. The Registrar of Voters often falls short of its own goals for hiring bilingual poll workers. Having in-language assistance makes a big difference for voters, said Emmanuel Milan, a Vote Center manager at the Martin Luther King Jr. Recreation Center.
2: They come out of their shell and, like, it's all friendly vibes and they know that they're in a good and safe place to come and vote and do their job.
3: Milan said that poll workers there spoke English, Filipino, and Spanish. Based on census data, the center should have also had Vietnamese and Laotian-speaking poll workers. For KPBS, I'm iNewsource reporter Sofia Mejias-Pasco.
1: Source is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. Coming up, a local artist is being honored in Washington, D.C. this weekend for his portrait of Dr. Anthony Fauci. We'll have that story next, just after the break.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.
1: Mexican artist Hugo Crosthwaite is being honored this weekend in Washington, D.C. His portrait of Dr. Anthony Fauci is set to be unveiled at the National Portrait Gallery today. KPBS Arts producer and editor Julia Dixon-Evans tells us how Crossthwaite used stop-motion animation to capture some of the defining moments of Felci's career.
4: Okay, well, let's talk about art. <laughs> let's talk about art. In his airy
5: Rosarito studio, border artist Hugo Crosthwaite spent months meticulously drawing and photographing composing a narrative portrait of Dr. Anthony Fauci as he went. The finished work is a five-minute stop-motion animation film. It's more than just a portrait of Fauci. The animation gave Crossbait a chance to tell a bigger story.
4: Doing that portrait had this opportunity, not just to uh, do the portrait of a man, but do a portrait of this particular moment that we're living in, you know, this pandemic.
5: The work is an extraordinary look at someone who has been the face of science in America during the pandemic. The animation is intricately, stunningly rendered and powerful to watch. The film is set to music from composer Marilu Salinas, plus Ramona Mezqua from Tijuana Electronic Ensemble, Nortec. It opens with gloomy, suspenseful music and a drawing of Fauci, pensive, at the height of the COVID pandemic. His career is bookended by crisis, the COVID-19 pandemic today, and the HIV-AIDS epidemic in the 80s. CrossFit shows a stark contrast in attitudes toward public health and science, now and then.
4: They were fighting for their lives. They were fighting for medicines. They were fighting for, for government involvement in, you know, to save them from, you know, to help them uh, deal with this pathogen. And then with the COVID-19 pandemic, kind of the opposite happened, no? We have a vaccine, we have the medicines, we have the treatment, but then it's a population that rises against those things.
5: Crossway began drawing as a kid, killing time in his father's curio shop in Rosarito. Then, while people-watching along Tijuana's busy streets and plazas, he drew elaborate narratives, whether invented or reflective of a human condition. In Fauci's portrait, the narrative rises from the American response to the pandemic
4: in a moment where truth was being denied, you know, and alternative facts were coming up, you know. And and he became this personification of science, of real fact, of of, of truth. Immediately I knew that the narrative that I wanted to tell with this animation would be these two antagonistic forces, no? It would be science against superstition, you know, truth against lies.
5: The portrait depicts Fauci several times over the years. There's an iconic moment where a social media thumbs up icon hovers at the presidential podium. Fauci, in the background, looks worn down. To make a stop motion video, Crossway does it all by hand. He draws a detail, snaps a picture, draws another detail, and repeats. The effect is full of movement. As figures emerge and wobble with tiny shifts of the camera angle, the animations buzz with life.
4: It's this process where one detail leads to the next and leads to the next, and then I'm, I'm composing narrative, kind of like a writer would, would, or a poet would compose a poem, you know, where you string together words and you're creating a narrative. That's the same process I use with, with my work, with my drawing.
5: It ends with a recent likeness of Fauci. But along the way, there are healthcare workers, protesters, sick people connected to ventilators, and someone receiving a vaccine. All elements of Fauci's legacy. A
4: hundred years from now, nobody's gonna know who Dr. Fauci is. Nobody's gonna know who I am. Nobody is, you know, names and, and places get forgotten. But stories are universal, no? Like uh, we've had the story of, of science fighting against superstitions since there's been science, no?
5: Julia Dixon-Evans, KPBS News.
1: The Smithsonian National Portrait Gallery will display the film in the Portrait of a Nation exhibition until next fall. Then the work will be added to its permanent collection. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by KPBS senior producer Brooke Ruth and producer Emelyn Mohebi. We'd like to thank all of the military veterans for their service ahead of Veterans Day tomorrow. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. The podcast will be back on Monday. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.